of this workshop is the promises in recovery. My name is Laura. I'm a compulsive overeater and I'm one of the speakers for this workshop. The other two speakers are Crystal and Marcy. Let's start the meeting with the serenity prayer. God, God. grant me the serenity. Send me the serenity. To accept, to accept the things, things I cannot, I cannot change. change. The courage to change the things I can. And the wisdom to know the difference. Thy will, not mine, be done. <clears throat> the workshop format for three speakers for 15 minutes each, and then the floor is open for two-minute shares. The audio, not video, from this session is being recorded. It will not be edited. Please note that this session will be available online or as a podcast feed. Anyone wishing to remain anonymous should use a fictitious name. If you share, you have given consent to be recorded. Please do not share if you do not want to be recorded. Here, here is some Zoom info. Attendants are automatically muted. We ask that you keep what you see and hear here confidential and that there be no recordings or screen captures. Please respect the anonymity of all who attend. Please stop your video if you are walking around, have side conversations or eating. If you want to change your view settings, <clears throat> click on the view button at the top right of your screen. You may choose either gallery or speaker view. We ask you to rename yourself to first name and last initial. Feel free to add your state, province, or country. Also, please note that chat is set to host only until the speakers are finished. Speaker share. Instructions for speakers will have 15 minutes each. Tell us where you're from, how long you've been in OA, your length of abstinence, Share no, long, no more than five minutes on your story and then speak to the topic, no outside issues. The timer will say five minutes and then there will be five minutes remaining and then say time is up when the time is finished. <clears throat> okay, Crystal, you're up. Hi, good morning, everyone. My name is Crystal, and I am a compulsive overeater from Toronto, Canada. I joined OA in October 2017, and I've been abstinent now for two and a half years. Um, I, I'm sure that I was a compulsive overeater right from the time I was a little kid. You know, every the moment I tasted junk food, it just food did something for me. I didn't even know what it was, but it just made that not okay feeling go away. And in the beginning, you know, I would always find little ways to fit food into my life plans. You know, it would be like, oh, there's this occasion. Let's let's go eat this or we're visiting that person so we can get to eat that food or we're traveling to that city. So, you know, we get to eat this food. But as time progressed, it got harder to actually I had to struggle to fit my life into my food plans. Now it's let's go visit that person so that I can eat this. Let's travel to that city so that I can eat this food. Let's make up occasions just so that I can eat something. And then finally it got to the point where food was my whole life. I had no other plans. I would, I would just be binging every single night. I'd have this soft voice that every night, like clockwork, it would say, you know, you know what'd be really great? Why don't you just go to the drive-through? You know, and, and I knew there was no point even making promises. I knew I was just gonna do what it told me to. 
Um, I missed out on so many of my family and friends milestones because I was just home binging every day. And where that got me to was 250 pounds, which on a five foot tall person is a lot of weight. Oops, this is what I uh, was like in the disease. So there's a picture of my before um, world. And, you know, I, in that point, at that point, I was in the ER so often, more often than anyone who's 30 years old should ever be in the ER because of the problems it was causing me. And it finally got to the point where my doctor said, you know, she pulled out that awful BMI chart, you know, and, and pointed to it and said, you're not, you're not on the chart anymore. You're outside the chart. You have to lose 100 pounds and then you'll be in the obese category because I was only five feet tall. Um, and after I had that you know, conversation with my doctor, I made a very serious decision in the depth of my heart. I really thought about it and I decided that I would eat what I wanted to eat and I would die. I don't care what anyone says to me, I will die. And it never occurred to me that that was an insane decision. You know, and I remember the next day after I made that decision, I woke up and, um, and I remember thinking that was that was an important decision you made yesterday. Like you should probably confirm that that is your you know mode of action. And I just couldn't bring it back. I just it was just gone, you know. And I realized now that God had started doing for me what I couldn't do for myself, even before I joined OA. He completely took away that decision to die. And I remember saying to God like, "Okay, all right, like I'm not going to die, but I have no other solution. So balls in your court." You tell me what I'm supposed to do here. I've tried everything else. And that's when a friend called me and said, hey, you know, I was watching this uh, TV show on Netflix. They talked about a, a food program for uh, addicts. And there's a meeting in, you know, in Toronto. I'll come with you if you want. Please don't be angry with me. Please don't put down the phone. Because if anybody said anything to me about food, it was just goodbye. You know, don't, don't mess with my food. But this time I went. And for the first time, I met people who were like me, who did the crazy things that I did with food. But more importantly, I figured out what was wrong with me. It didn't even matter that I wasn't 300 plus pounds or I didn't do some of the things that they did with food. The only two things mattered. One was that I had an allergy of the body. When I put that food in me, I just had no control over how much more I put. Number two, I had an obsession of the mind. My mind will always tell me that food won't hurt me, no matter how much evidence I have to the contrary, and that food is my only solution to life. And between those two, I had a fatal and powerful disease that was going to kill me, whether I liked it or not. So, you know, I'm a type A addict. I joined the program, got a sponsor. I did everything except the steps. So I called people, I was getting 30, 60, 90 day chips and, you know, doing everything that I could do to be the star OA, except the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. You know, my sponsor would give me instructions and I would kind of just edge around it and kind of just do it my way. You know, she probably wants me to just do this. So I'll just, you know, take the shortcut, try the easier, softer way. And then a couple of things happened. One, my sponsor honestly said to me, you know, if you're not ready, that's fine. I need to go work with someone who is. Two, um, my, I actually put down the food, like those last foods that I was holding on to, I put it down and I got desperate very fast because now there was nothing standing between me and any feeling that wanted to hit me. And it was just like, like the next thing I did was just fired my mind. It was like, you know what? You're done. You tried for 30 years. You got me messed up. And in the ER, you're done. Now it was just, if my sponsor told me cluck like a chicken and yodel down the street, I cluck like a chicken and yodel down the street. You know, that the only thing, my job, I had one slogan in a way, just get it done. Nobody asked you if you liked it, just get it done. And one question to ask, were the instructions clear? 
that's it. You know, and then I just started working the program. And then the third thing, I started listening to this OA meeting in the morning on the phone called A Vision for You. And I started to hear recovery where people were not just not eating, they were free of the food. But more importantly, they were facing life in a way that I wanted to face it. So I started working the steps, you know, the way they were talking about it, where following the big book instructions and just working it like my hair was on fire, you know, and that's when miracles started happening. I lost over a hundred pounds. I have no idea how much I've lost because I don't step on a scale. What I will tell you is that my father doesn't recognize me when he bumps into me in stores. I have to walk up to him and be like, dad, it's me, you know, and uh, oh, best part, uh, US border control had to confirm that it was me from my passport because they didn't recognize me. So I've lost a lot of weight. But more importantly, I'm free of that food. I don't wake up every day thinking, oh, I wish I could eat that. You know, it, it's more like good riddance to you. You took 30 years of my life. I won't give you one second more. You know, but more, more importantly, the promises of the program started to happen, right? This is not a food cessation program. For me, this is a crystal transformation program, like, you know, the crystal rehabilitation program. And that's what happened. I started to change from the inside out. And, you know, there's wonderful promises on page 83, but I actually discovered there are promises throughout the big book. And they all started to happen slowly for me. You know, one of the ones um, that was one of the beautiful ones uh, in We Agnostics, page 57, it says, God comes to all who honestly seek him. When we draw near to him, he discloses himself to us. Now, I never thought I even needed that promise. Like I probably even just skipped through, you know, um, We Agnostics because I was Saint Crystal. Like my, I was the most religious person in my family. Everybody knew I was going to become a nun. Other people would ask me to pray for them because obviously God listens to my prayers. I was just such a religious person. But when I came into program and I actually put down the food and I started working the steps, the same pattern kept coming up over and over. I was terrified of God. I was so sure that God had very specific instructions. And if I didn't follow them exactly, you know, he wouldn't protect me. Bad things would happen. And that if I kind of gave God the sense that I liked something, he would take it away from me. I was all I couldn't ever be happy because anytime good things happen, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop always. And it's a awful way to live. And especially without the food, you just can't live like that. You know, and what happened with that is because I couldn't depend on God, I was depending on other people. So I would put other people up on pedestals and be like, please save me. And I would do and say whatever I had to to make sure they liked me. And I would lie to them. And I finally got to the point where I almost lost the most important relationship I had in my life because the person realized I had been lying to them about who I was. And that brought me to my knees and it shook me. And then I was ready and I was like, okay, God, I get it. This relationship between you and me is just not working. I'm willing to change it now. Please help me. And that's when somebody suggested to me, you know, why don't you say out loud the things that you think God is saying to you? And I actually did. I sat on a chair and I, you know, pretended I was God looking at me and I said the things that God was saying to me and what came out shocked me. It was, you know, you are such a disappointment. Like I gave you so many gifts and you've wasted them. You're such a drama queen. Like this is not hard. You just keep making everything so hard. And, and when I heard that, you know, in Bill's story, he says, the scales fell from my eyes. That's exactly what happened to me. You know, I recognize that voice. It wasn't God. That was the voice that I heard from my mom. Some of the things she actually said, and some of the things I kind of made up in my head and figured that's what she was saying, you know? And I realized for the first time, that's not what God was saying to me ever. And then it was suggested to me, okay, now let's set aside that voice. Why don't you say what you think God is actually saying to you? And that also shocked me. What I heard God say was, 
you are a drama queen and I love it. I'm just as dramatic as you, you know? And, and God said to me, do you have any idea how much I love you? I let you put that voice on me for 30 years because you needed it. You were too afraid without it, but you don't need it anymore. And I, and the reason you are here today, hearing my real voice is because I have been waiting for you and fighting for you for 30 years. And I won't stop until there is nothing between you and me and you are all mine. That's my God, you know, and a whole new world opened up for me today. You know, I don't go to God for answers. It's never like, okay, God, should I do this or should I do this? Please give me the right answer. Please tell me which one it is. It's no, it's God, you've got all the answers and I'm at a turning point. I'm just asking for your protection and care with complete mm -hmm. abandon. Wow. And I don't need to worry about God being on my side and getting God on my side because God is never, is not on my side. God is by my side and not even if I make a mistake, but especially when I make mistakes, because I make a lot of mistakes, you know, and the best thing I learned was that God doesn't drop shoes. There's no shoe dropping in God's world. You know, I, he just, he puts the right shoe on my foot and we walk together, you know, um, and he doesn't take away the things that I want. In fact, he gives me things that I didn't even know I want. Sorry, can someone tell me, am I five minutes away or? Five minutes, yes. Thank you. All right. Um, <clears throat> And with that, you know, on page 63, there's a beautiful promise. I felt a new power flow in. I enjoyed a new peace of mind. I became conscious of God's presence in my life. I lost the fear of today and tomorrow. How incredible. You know, and you heard my story with my mom. And I'll just tell you really quickly that uh, one of the promises in step four is that we begin to see the futility of our resentments. And today, you know, I used to hate my mom. I grew up hating her. The worst, at, at a low point, I wrote a letter to God asking for a different mom and she found my letter. That's how bad our relationship was. And today, you know, after doing step four, I realized that I got everything I ever wanted from my mom, but it didn't come in the package I wanted. So it was worthless to me. You know, and I, I always said, you know, my mom treated me like as if she always, I always believed that she wished my cousin was her real daughter because I was such a disappointment to her. And she made me feel like I was just the worst daughter. And I realized in doing my step four, the problem was all in me. I had done everything to my mom that I'd accused her of doing. I would get close to all of my teachers and my aunts on purpose to show her that they're my real mom, not you. You know, today I'm so different. My mom calls me today and she just like chats with me like for 45 minutes. And I'm like, my mom's like talking to me, you know, I'm just completely in shock. And we have this beautiful relationship where I love her. I don't have to protect myself from her because she cannot hurt me because God is protecting me every day. And the best part about program is I have not made, I have not acted one day of my life in program. I don't have to act as if, because when I act as if everybody knows I'm acting, you know, because Today, I just work the steps and God changes me from the inside out. So I don't need to act. It's actually happening. My sister said to me, you know, Crystal, you've become such a joy to mom and dad. And I don't understand how you're doing it because it doesn't even look like you're trying. That's what program is for me. You know, and today I have a wonderful life. And that doesn't mean that it's all beautiful. Wonder doesn't mean that it's all beautiful. It means that my life is full of wonder. Every day I wake up and I'm like, wow. Either I have these amazing things going on or I have difficult things going on and I'm facing it all like an adult and I can't believe it, you know, and the most beautiful promise is the smallest and shortest paragraph in the full, the, in the entire big book. You know, it's, um, it's my sponsor calls it 88, eight, page 88, line eight. 
and it's the shortest, most important paragraph. It says, it works, it really does. That is the promise. Whenever I think, you know, it'll work for everyone but me, I can go to that one line, it works, it really does. Because today I have a new set of glasses. I don't see, I don't live life on my terms for sure. My terms suck, you know, but I also don't live life on life's terms because life's terms kind of suck too. I live life on God's terms. God's terms never suck. Everything, COVID, you know, my my home renovations going messy, my family not acting the way that I, they should, all works to my benefit in God's world. Everything works for my benefit. And I get to live in that world today. Thank you so much for letting me share. And thank you, God, for the amazing gift of this program, for the people who went before me that created it for me. Thank you. I pass. Thank you, Crystal. <clears throat> thank you very much, Crystal. Um, my name is Laura. I'm a grateful recovering compulsive overeater. And um, for me, um, I came into this program uh, in 1985 at 409 pounds. I came in kicking, screaming, uh, via a suicide attempt. And I'll be very quick with what how I got in here. Um, I had a doctor, a nurse, nobody, you know what? It was someone familiar. It was someone in program who happened to be a counselor at the eating disorder unit in the hospital that I was at that said something to me. And I have no idea till today exactly what she said to me, but I said, okay, I'll try it. And all I kept saying was, I didn't want to go down with those fat slobs. And here I was 409 pounds. How about that for an attitude? Um, Arrogant, defiant, I'm better than everybody else. And here I was, 409 pounds. So I went down there and I sat there. It was a Saturday morning. And I sat and listened to people speaking. And I said, oh, my God. They do the same crazy things with food that I do. And I knew, you know, it was like welcome, the welcome home. I knew I was home. And I knew this was where I belonged. Um, I'm a relapse survivor. <clears throat> I am right now 224 pounds less than what I was when I came into program. Um, and I've learned in these rooms, I can't hold on to things that I want to hold on to, I have to let go absolutely. And when I let go absolutely, that's when things in my life get so much better and better and better. <clears throat> and, um, you know, they talk about on page 52 about the bedevilment. And, and then, of course, on page 83, it goes into um into the promises before i came into program i also was the mother that used these i used these on my kids i also learned how from a sponsor how to sit on my hands not to use them on my kids 
You know, I swore up and down, I wasn't going to use my hands on my kids the way my father used them on me or my mother used them on me. I swore up and down I was not going to be that parent. And I ended up being that parent. I didn't grow up being a heavy kid. Although my mom made me think I was a heavy kid at 135 pounds and I'm five foot eight. So I was made to feel less than from when I was like 10, 11 years old. <clears throat> I never really bothered with anybody in high school because I didn't feel like I fit, fit in. I was smart, but I kind of was in my own little cocoon in my own house. <clears throat> when I came in, into the rooms of OA and, um, and they always read, you know, if you were painstaking about this phase of our development, we were amazed before we were halfway through, halfway through. Uh, we were going to know a new freedom and a new happiness. We will not regret the past nor shut the door on it. We will comprehend the word serenity and we will know peace. <clears throat> You know, um, for me, I say there's promises for me that have, when I came into the rooms of OA, um, I was renting a house. Um, I was in debt. Um, I had a good job. Um, I learned how to get out of debt by doing a lot of research in the library because we didn't have computers then. Um, I learned how to get out of debt. I got out of debt. I put a lot of money in the bank. I also paid for two daughters' weddings and two college educations. But you know, in 2000, I bought my own house because I got out of debt. Program enabled me to be able to do that. Um, in 2002, I actually had the nerve to retire after getting out of debt and buying my own house. And my retirement was very good that I was able to do that. I have three grandchildren that they don't know the crazy um, mother that I was to my daughters. My older daughter, um, I was a keynote speaker in Toronto at the Toronto convention. And my older daughter was sitting in the audience. She happens to live in Oshawa. <clears throat> and when I got up to speak and she was standing, um, she was sitting in the audience and I was standing there and I started speaking. I actually felt as though I had an out of body experience that I was sitting there with her in the audience, sitting there with my arm around her. And when I got done, I said to someone, I was not speaking. That was the words came out of my mouth. Well, God was up there talking. It was not me. And I sat there with my daughter. Um, I had another wild experience of that happened only this week. I don't know how many of you are on here that remember or know I have multiple sclerosis <clears throat> and quite a few years ago, I was using a walker, I was using a cane. I don't use that anymore. The MS, when I finally got diagnosed with the MS, um, the medication I was put on 
gotten to be in a place where I don't need that. I don't need that walker and that cane anymore. And that to me is another blessing. I don't believe it's a promise, <clears throat> but it's a blessing from God because whoever made these medications, I was blessed because of that. Um, on Wednesday, I got a letter from, I have very good insurance, but the medication is over $90,000 a year. <clears throat> I used to take injure. That's part of the MS too. I'd rather have this than not be able to walk, uh, you know, be able to have to use a walker and a cane. Um, the um, company that helps with my co-payment, even after getting my insurance that pays for it, is no longer helping people because they have not gotten funding. The old me would have been absolutely lunatic, frantic over it. I sat, I looked at the letter, I read it, and they had a list of other organizations for me to call. And how I handled it today, how I handle things like that today is, I looked at it and I started making phone calls. And I made those phone calls in chronological order. And it was funny, each one gave me another name of another organization to call. <clears throat> Usually, the pharmaceutical company, because I am 72 today, not today, I'm 72, the federal government in the United States does not allow pharmaceutical companies to help people that are on Medicare. They'll help you if you're on Medicaid, but they won't help you if you're on Medicare. Something must have happened the past five years that I'm, or since I'm on Medicare, since, I, since I'm 65. So, I called the company that makes the medication and the woman said to me, well, she said, we do have a program. She said, but you have to have part D. Do you have part D? I said, yes. She said, do you make over 140,000 a year? I said, we're retired. No, we don't make over $140,000 a year. We have a good pension, but not over 140,000. She said, okay. She said, in January, when you don't have the program, she said, just call me. And I said to her, thank you, Heather. I said, I will be able to put my head on my pillow tonight and go to sleep. That's one of the promises of the program that I will be able to do things today that would baffle me before program. <clears throat> I got up the next day and I said to my husband, who is a normie, who eats whatever he wants and is thin, who also was an agnostic. And I said, he said, and I said to him, can you believe that yesterday? He said, no. He said, I can't believe how you handled that yesterday. I would have been crazed over it. I said, that wasn't me handling it. That was God handling it. He hugged me and he said, I'm really starting to understand all of this. Yesterday I said, I really don't like this virtual convention. I really don't like just seeing people, not being able to hug people, not talking to this person off to the side, not talking to this. The only thing that's been good is not having to stand online to go to the bathroom. So he said to me, well, it's better than no convention. He's getting it. 
he's finally getting program because he also wants to know, well, when do you stop losing weight? I said, well, when the doctor and the nutritionist says I'm at a weight where I'm supposed to be, then I'll work on that. Right now I'm working on the inside part. So the outside part matches. <clears throat> so since I'm here, I decided two years ago that I needed to give back to my community. Another part of the promises, I needed to give back. You know, I gave back at the intergroup level when I lived on Long Island before I moved to North Carolina. I gave back to um, the region level. I was on the region six board. So now I wanted to give back to my community. I also wanted to meet some other women that to socialize because I live in the middle of nowhere. And I did, I met a bunch of women. Matter of fact, I met a woman in OA at this women's group. And we were meeting once, uh, twice a week on a two, uh, twice a month for dinner on a Tuesday. Of course, since the pandemic, none of us have met, we've been doing this. And um, so I decided to do something to give back. And when I'm saying to you, it has been a joy in my life. I am a guardian ad litem. If you don't know what that is, I had to go to classes. I feel like a social worker. I have a social worker degree. Um, I am the eyes and the ears and the voice. I've been sworn in by a judge in the county where I live. Um, I'm the eyes and the ears of his voice for children who have been taken away from their parents. I have my first case, um, the baby went back to her mom. She will be to the end of November. Um, the mom worked so hard to get her um, baby back. And um, we have a relationship till today because even after she got her baby back, she did not want to not have a relationship with me and she did not want her daughter not to have a relationship with me. Her mom is an addict. Her mom is an active addict. When I'm telling you, I use this program on a daily basis with this young lady. And this program has enabled me to be able to give that back to my community. I have another case where the baby was a year old last Monday. I know this baby since she's three weeks old. She was a year old. And when I get on the computer on Zoom with her and she sees me, she gets so excited, I get excited. You know, I started singing happy birthday to her and the foster mothers, their real children said, how does she know her birthday? And she said, because she knows, and she said the baby's name, her since she's three weeks old. They didn't realize that I was doing that. And this baby has a, a toy and it presses the button and it sings, I of the tiger. And this baby knows I have on my Kindle, it, I started with I of the tiger. And as soon as it pays I of the tiger, the baby goes I of the tiger and it starts singing. When I'm telling you, if I didn't have this program and if I didn't have all of you, I wouldn't be able to do this. Um, I had that baby taken away from her grandmother. Her parents left her in the hospital because they had to go do their drugs. And the grandmother is a very sick. Grandmother sells herself on Facebook. She's a, she's a real mess. 
Um, and I did not like what I was seeing when I went to visit at the grandmother's house. So I instituted an action where the baby was taken away from the grandmother. Um, Time. Okay. So I want to say thank you, all of you, um, for being part of my life, part of my recovery, and for me to be able to give back uh, to my family, to my children, to my husband, to myself, and to all these beautiful children that I'm helping. Thank you very much. <clears throat> okay, Marcy, you're up. Okay. Hi, everyone. I'm Marcy, compulsive overeater. I'm happy to be here with uh, uh, all of you. I, I, I see a few familiar faces, but most of you I haven't met. So um, I'm glad to meet you this way. Uh, let's see. Um, I think I've always been a compulsive overeater <laughs> since soon after birth. Um, I always remember food being very important. My mom was overweight and I, I know she was a compulsive overeater. We lived over a grocery store. We stocked up every night and, mm -hmm. and that was the way we lived. Uh, TV, food, and uh, there was love. There was a lot of books. There, there was, I mean, I was a good student, but I was anxious and a perfectionist and all kinds of things that went into making me an unhappy kid growing up. Uh, and the first time I realized that something was different was when I went a whole evening doing homework, watching TV, and I had one fruit. And I thought, wow, it was so different <laughs> that it was sort of, I still remember that, um, but that was just one moment in time. Um, and by the time I was 13 and going into, probably not even 13 yet, and going into high school, my family doctor was very happy to give me uh, pills to lose weight. So I go into high school looking good. My mother was happy about that too, because that's what she knew. She had been on diet pills and uh, they worked because they were amphetamines. <laughs> and so in the summer, I um, was uh, up in the middle of the night washing floors because I had so much energy. And I entered my freshman year with a new wardrobe and wow, a new life it would seem. But I was a compulsive overeater and even uh, the family doctor we had had some ethics and he had to take me them off them at some point. Um, after which I proceeded to, of course, gain the weight back. My poor mom, who had bought me a new wardrobe, watched me not fit into it again. And things continued like that all through high school, up and down, up and down, more pills, more diets. Um, uh, entered, entered college again, had lost the weight going into <clears throat> college. And... Uh, freshman year orientation weekend. I didn't even make it to classes before. Um, I got depressed because the boy I liked, liked the girl next door and, and I started eating again. And I kept on eating and now I had 
machines, a school store, and a cafeteria that I worked at to keep me stocked. And by the end of my freshman year, I was up. Well, the last time I weighed myself, I was over 170 pounds and I'm five feet. So I came home from college um, really looking in despair and to the despair of my sister and, and my mom. And um, and I looked at myself, I got my grades, which I was sure I flunked. They were really good. And that was my first aha moment that I finally started to get real with myself and say, you know, you're, you're not that bad. <laughs> and, and that helped and, and school um, counselors helped and, 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 you know, people were great, but I was a compulsive overeater. Um, I didn't know that at the time, but when I got out of college um, and had had lost a certain amount of weight, but boy, the eating was no better. And I was um, living in Manhattan and, um, and it was uh, seemingly a, a great life, a good job and single and on my own and miserable. And I happened to see someone on a crosstown bus <laughs> in Manhattan reading an OA pamphlet. And she looked terrific. She just looked, she looked happy, joyous, and free. I didn't know those words yet, but she looked it. And so I called Metro Intergroup and there was a meeting across the street. There was someone who had beginners meetings in her home <laughs> in an apartment building in Manhattan. And I started going and um, I heard God in a food plan. And I thought, oh, I don't want either of those. But I also heard my story being told over and over again. So I kept going to meetings, but I started over every, um, every week it would seem. I remember I had a notebook that said OAB day, not birthday, but beginning day each Monday after I'd binged um, through the week. And I, as the big book says, um, we, it gets worse once we know what we're doing and it got, and the feelings got worse and it felt like the binging was getting worse. But Again, I kept going to meetings. I asked someone to sponsor me. She wasn't available. That was the end. Did I look for anyone else? No. But I, I broke down crying at a therapy group one night um, after about a year in program. And that night, the only person I'd ever asked to sponsor me three months ago called me and said, I'm available. Do you still need a sponsor? And that was my beginning. And and that was in um, 1978. And by the, by the grace of God in this program, uh, and I don't often say those words, but they're quite true. Um, um, I have remained here. I have um, worked my program, stayed abstinent, um, had uh, all kinds of variations to my food plan through life because I learned that I couldn't stay on a restricted food plan once I was <laughs> getting underweight and people helped me abstinent long-term abstinent people helped me um, learn how to add foods back round out my food plan and um, and that was amazing and um, 
We got, uh, we meaning my friends, um, some of whom I've seen here today at other meetings, um, uh, uh, dated, we learned how to date abstinently, um, get married abstinently, and have children abstinently. And uh, that was such a gift. Um, I first heard, I mean, I read the big book early on, but I first heard the promises um, that I can remember hearing them as the promises at a, a meeting in downtown Manhattan. Um, if anyone's been around a while, they'll remember the Moravian meetings, which, which were great. And, and they would have holiday candle lighting meetings. And I really heard each of those promises. And I thought, wow, this is good. This is good stuff. And um, there are many times when I felt, I don't know, am I really getting these promises? And, and I can say now that um, uh, I don't feel them every day. Sometimes, boy, oh boy, um, <laughs> that feeling of uselessness and self-pity does reappear. But it's short term. It's short you know, I share it, I get rid of it. Um, uh, handling situations, the, the, just the fears. I have to have interest in my fellows if I want to stay abstinent <laughs> because I need to reach out. I need to, to work with you, work with, you know, work, work with sponsees and do service. And, um, and there are, there have been so many times, usually after, I don't often um, have the sense right in that moment that, um, you know, God is doing for me what I could not do for myself. But, but always, you know, I look back, I'm looking over at the promises just to uh, remind me. And, um, and it's, it's almost always in hindsight that I see how they're, how they're working. Um, just uh, oh, just through the years, having um, despaired, despaired over um, relationships, despaired over uh, all my fears of financial insecurity, despaired over I will never get a job after the financial crisis. That's when I moved to the North Shore and where I live now, and um, and. I got so many great experiences. I got um, people still needed to hire people, even if they weren't willing to give you a full-time job. Um, and uh, I'm sorry, I thought I saw the timekeeper. Five minutes. Five minutes. Thank you so much. And and what happened is um, I did get the job of my dreams. <laughs> I got the job that I'd laid out with a job counselor that I really wanted. It didn't come in my time, but it came. And, and I'm still there doing, doing um, what I really love doing. And it, it, I was gonna say it just happened. It happened because I, um, I used the program. I, I took the, I, you know, did the footwork and got the support and, and hung in there. And, um, and I will just say that 
so I'm in the in the best relationship of my life with someone that I love very much, um, who I met in program. That is the first time I ever met anyone <laughs> in program. And it just happened, I think, because I was ready. I had done an inventory. I mean, these, you know, I look back and these things happened after after I did the work leading up to it. And I don't give myself any credit for that. It usually came out of pain, but all credit to my program friends and my sponsor and the people in my life who supported me. Um, and so I like to think now, you know, the, I, I think of it in thirds, my life. And the second third was all about program. And the third third is, is now, um, you know, living it and enjoying a day at a time, um, the fruits of the program. I know there's certainly been a lot of tragedy, a lot of loss in my life um, in program, lost my sister, I lost my mother too soon. Um, but I was carried through that um, by program, by my friends. Um, and today, um, Today, I'm very happy for the most part, still a lot of fear, but it's, um, but it, it's, I, I have, you know, the promises get me through the fear comes up because it's an old habit and I just have to work on um, remembering and using the tools and using the steps to remind me that um, if I work this program, um, Things will not be perfect. Sometimes they won't even be okay, but I'll be able to get through them and move forward. And I thank you all so much. Thank you, Marcy. <clears throat> okay, we will now open the floor for two minute shares. Chat is now open. To put your hand, to put up your hand, please raise the hand function, the little blue hand, usually found at the bottom of the participants list. If you're on the computer, if you need help, you can chat to the host. If you're calling in on a phone, please press nine. The leader of the host will call on you. When it's your turn to speak, you will see a prompt on your screen asking you to unmute. Please sec select unmute to speak. The timer will signal when you have one minute left and the time's up. Tell where you're from, how long you're in OA. Reminder, our traditions state that OA has no opinion on outside issues. Some examples of outside issues are politics, religion, diets, treatment programs, non-OA approved literature and other 12-step fellowships. Therefore, please base your sharing on your OA experience and do not include OA outside issues. Please stick to the topic of, the, of this meeting. For those who arrive late, the topic of this workshop is Promises in Recovery. The meeting is now open for sharing. Thank you, Laura. Michael P., would you like to share? I would, and thank you. Good morning, everyone. Pleasure to be with you. I'm Michael P. I'm a uh, food addict from Arlington, Massachusetts. I've been in program between 30 and 35 years. 
I wish I knew more specifically because I love that kind of stuff, but I didn't know the day I went to that meeting that it was going to turn out to be so important to me. Thank you to Laura and to Marcy and to Crystal and everybody else who's doing service. There were two things that really stuck out to me. One, I heard one of the speakers say, I did everything but the 12 steps. I, was, I, I can relate to that in the extreme. I was coming to meetings for more than 10 years before I joined the program. I did a lot of things that were good for my health. You know, I was engaging in uh, a peer-aided dieting, basically. I was doing some of the steps some of the time and I was maintaining a good weight loss. But until I started doing the 12 steps of recovery, found in the big book very conveniently in a chapter that says how it works and started doing that, that I got a stable recovery and stable weight loss and uh, so much more that I had not received previously and was angry about because I guarantee you I'm an angry person or at least uh, I relate to anger pretty easily. Um, and, and because I was a hundred pound loser, I would get a lot of requests to qualify but when I would qualify, I would talk for, let's say it was a 15 minute qualification. I'd get to like 1430 and think, oh, what else can I talk about? Oh, the steps. And it wasn't, that wasn't a mistake. That was a perfect reflection of my program. It was an afterthought. You know, I was in an eight tool program. It's nine now, but it was eight then. And uh, that's the end of my share. Thanks. Thank you, Michael. Come on, people. <laughs> Surely there are, we have 56 people in the room. So anybody who would like to share, please raise your electronic hand, which you can find by clicking on. Yeah. Oh, I'm a co-host. I can't raise a hand. Can I share? Please go ahead, Lauren. Thank you very much, Anne. This is Lauren, compulsive overeater, sugar addict from New York. Thank you uh, guys for your shares. I really, really, really appreciated hearing everybody's stories or, or shares. And God, can I um, relate to, um, to this room and to this meeting and to what everybody shared. Uh, the promises of recovery have come true in my life. I'm down 150 pounds. I came in at 100, uh, 287 and a half pounds, and I am now 138 and a half pounds. How my, oh my God, how did that happen? Thank God for um, this program and for all the promises and all the um, steps and everything that I've learned in this room and to be able to give service back. Um, I've been, I've worked the steps and I am so grateful to be able to say I am a recovered compulsive overeater and I am living one day at a time in recovery. And that has been fabulous for me. Thank you. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Lauren. Any other 
hosts or co-hosts like to share while we're waiting for hands? Jamie H, thank you. Would you like to share? Yeah, hi, I'm a Jamie Recovering Compulsive Reader and 100 Pounder from Ontario, Canada. Um, I've been in program for about two and a half years and next uh, next week will be two years abstinence for me. Um, thank you so much to our, our speakers for sharing your your hope and your, uh, your promises. Um, I, I really love on page, page 100 of the big book, it says, um, we look back, um, sorry, when we look back, we realize that the things which came to us, when we, when we put ourselves in God's hands, we were better, we're better than anything we could have planned. And the, the life I had when I first came to OA is, compared to now, is completely, completely different. And this is, the life I'm living now is certainly not what I would have imagined in, in any way, but just One being able to trust, uh, trust my higher power and trust the program and having people uh, throw away a sponsor who can, uh, speak into my life and be encouraging. Um, I'm so grateful for, there's so much to be grateful for in program uh, right now with so much uncertainty in the world. I have, I have a good job. I have a fellowship. Um, the promises coming true in my life. I did, you know, financial insecurity has disappeared. I, I started dating. I never dated before, before away and that absolutely petrified me um but I didn't have to walk through walk through that alone I I changed jobs and you know a lot of times I feel insecure that I'm not good enough but I have um I have a sponsor and I have people in program who are able to to help me through those insecurities so thank you guys for being here thank you Jamie uh John G would you like to share please Hi, my name's John. I'm a compulsive overeater. I want to thank the speakers. I really enjoyed all three of you. Um, on the promises, uh, you know, uh, I, I've been, uh, my first OA meeting, I was 23 years old. I went with somebody else, but at that time I was eating a grapefruit a day and a yogurt and thought I was okay. And uh, it wasn't until the mid nineties when I started actually going to OA meetings, but I've been 36 years sober in another program. And, um, I remember the first time someone asked me about the promises, my sponsor, I had to go to the big book is to read them. I went to the table of contents because I thought there had to be a hell of a lot of promises to, uh, to start working these steps and doing this stuff on the steps. And, uh, and what I've learned is uh, I, yesterday I celebrated three years of abstinence, even though I've been in going to OA meetings all these time. And uh, it, it's, uh, it's only been the last three years of my life of working at these steps for, for 36 years that that I've, my life is really kind of unfolding in a whole new di different direction. And the promises are really, really start uh, starting to actually unfolding. Um, 
for instance, the, the, the financial insecurity thing, I learned that it's just a, you know, a temporary inconvenience. Uh, my relationships with people around me are getting better and my understanding of life and accepting. I love what the first speaker said about uh, the wonderful life is about the, the wonders. I wrote it down, I didn't quote it correctly, but I wanna thank everybody and, uh, and there's no race. I realized there's no race in this, in this sober journey. There's just no race. It's just one day at a time. Thanks. Thank you, John. And Rita F, would you like to share? Okay, I was able to unmute myself. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. you. Oh, okay. Um, my name is Rita. I've been in programs since 1977. Um, I would say that at this point, I'm probably at the same weight that I came in on but that's because I've been up and down many times in the program. Uh, I, I'm from Massachusetts, from Florida, from Brooklyn, New York, from Westchester, and I now live in Riverdale, which is part of the Bronx, New York. Uh, so I've been in program a long time, but I have to say that because of this pandemic, which has been horrible and I've lost people in my family to it. I'm very grateful that it's given me the opportunity and the time to really work this program. For the first time in maybe 20 years, I have a sponsor. I've been abstinent for four and a half months and I'm really working the program and the program is working for me. I'm doing the steps again. I'm in a step study group, which is great. It's a wonderful way to work the steps if none of you done it that way. Um, all my life, I felt like I didn't belong wherever I was. I was the only fat kid in a school of thin kids. Uh, I was the only Jewish person in a town of Irish Catholics. And then I moved to Florida and my parents weren't wealthy and everybody else was wealthy. So I've never felt like I belonged. And I have to tell you, sometimes I still don't feel like I belong in OA. I know everybody says they come in and they feel welcome. Sometimes I feel that, but most of the time I don't. And I know that's probably my own doing. So I'm working on feeling like I belonging, like I belong. And I wanna thank you all for listening and I'll pass, thank you. Thank you, Rita. Uh, Jean Kay, would you like to share? Yes. Hi, I'm Jean Kay. I'm from Massachusetts. Uh, I'm just so grateful for being in OA. And it's a, you know, the promises of recovery, all, all the promises came so far have come true for me. Uh, I've lost a little bit over 100 pounds. I came in with 15. 78-ish, worked the program left, worked the program left for 10 years, came back in 2004, utterly convinced and um, that I was a compulsive leader, which I did not always believe before that. I had to get up to 280 pounds to have it get it through my head. Um, but I, one of the things in my life, I'd always wanted to be a teacher and uh, I had written in uh, my notebook in the 80s when I was working the program 
that I wanted to become a teacher when I was 55. You know, just all these letters to God. One. And um, then when I um, came back into program, I got laid off or I had the letter. It doesn't matter. Anyway, I became a teacher at 55 and didn't realize that that promise had come true until I was reading my old notebooks. So for me, my higher power was working for me, even though I wasn't listening to a lot of this. And I'm just very grateful today. I uh, involved, I do service. It's just, I love, I have friends. And I just love this program that gave me a life that I always wanted, but didn't know that I would have again. So thank you all for being here. I enjoyed listening and uh, just, I'm very grateful. Thank you. Thank you, Jean. Uh, Kirsten Kay, would you like to share? Yes. Uh, hi, my name is Kristen. Uh, Kristen Kay, I'm from Iceland. Uh, thank you, everybody, so much for your shares. I really, really, really love the speakers, too. Um, when I came to this uh, workshop thinking, oh, I really need to hear that somebody has uh, lived the promises. And for me, I've written, I've read these promises uh, many times, but somehow I always, I can't really always remember what they're about. Sounds crazy, but so I, I picked up the book, the big book, and was reading it while I was listening. And I can say that all these promises have actually come true in my life. Some more than others, uh, some have absolutely come true and are just always with me. And some of them come and go. And I have, I have come to know new freedom and new happiness, for example. Uh, before coming, well, actually to a 12-step program, uh, I came to OA to almost two, uh, more than two years ago now, but I've been in a 12-step program for 17 years. And, and if I just think about the way I felt every day, every minute of the day, uh, this pain I was in all the time, all my communications, all my worries, never, uh, yeah, always afraid that bad things would happen, all that. That's just, I don't think like that. I don't have this painstaking um, fear all the time. And just being rid of uh, this terrible mo emotion that, yeah, not even about anything specific, just about life. Just that freedom is amazing. So, yeah, there are a lot of things that I could mention more, but I'm, my time is up. So please just keep coming back. It works if you work it. Thank you. Thank you, Kristin. Uh, Ros, would you like to share? Hey, good morning, everyone. My name is Rosalind. I live in Ottawa, Ontario, Canada. I'm a compulsive overeater, and I'm so grateful to be here this morning. I was given the gift of a scholarship to attend the conference, and for that, I am so grateful. And it just is a testament of this program. We I am not alone and um, I am so blessed to be here. I thank the speakers. I have gained much insight from each of you and uh, I am going to meetings, I'm working the steps and I have a sponsor. I've been in and out of the rooms of Overeaters Anonymous for over 30 years and I recently came back in June 
and my life has been so enriched and the promises are coming true already. And for that, I'm grateful. I know they work and I know the program works. And for that, I will be eternally grateful. Uh, during COVID, I've managed to release weight, but I know I need to stay in these rooms because I need the help and the love from my fellow OAers. And for that, I will always be grateful. Thank you for all who organized this convention. I so look forward to next year and I'm hoping and praying that we can meet face to face. God bless you all and have a wonderful day. And here's to another 24 hours. Thank you, Rosalind. Uh, Mark, would you like to share? Yes, hi, I'm Mark. I'm a compulsive reader. Sorry about the distance from the camera. I've got something happening with my neck that got me immobilized here. Um, I've been in program now 27 years. And the thing, first let me say, I really enjoyed all three speakers. I, I heard something I needed from everybody. And uh, I just feel very inspired to hear what people are, are doing. Um, and it's particularly struck by the... Uh, uh, what Crystal was saying about um, the having to introduce herself to her father because I didn't recognize her, that she had changed so much. And, and I was thinking about the change that's happened to me and the promises that have all come true. And I'm struck, I've always been struck by the, the quantity of change. I'm a totally different person than I was before a program, completely different person. Um, and every single part of me has changed. One minute. But I'm also, uh, okay, thank you. Um, but I'm really struck by the quality of the change more than the quantity of change. And the best illustration of that was, um, happened when I was, I don't know, maybe three or four years into program. And I was at a um, conference in Washington and someone that I used to work with years earlier was there and, and at the break she came up to me and she said wow you you look so different and i said well yeah i lost 130 pounds and she said no no that's not it no you're different and that's and that's when i thought my god it actually shows on the outside <laughs> but she had seen the difference in me from across an auditorium she was on the opposite side of the room and she had seen how different i was and i just thought that's that's what program gives me. I am I'm a different kind of person, not just just different in my behavior. So that's all. Thanks so much for being here. Uh, thank you, Mark. Uh, Caroline, would you like to share? Good morning. My name is Caroline. I'm a compulsive reader in Westchester, New York. Um, thank you for everybody doing service. It's been a wonderful convention, even though it's virtual. Um, I've been in OA and abstinent since August of 2014, and I've been able to maintain um, 110-pound weight loss. And what, what I'd like to say is that the promises um, are near and dear to my heart. And there's many promises here, um, not just the ninth step one. Almost all the steps have promises. And the greatest one being that we have a spiritual awakening that then leads us to solve our common problem with food but the ones that are for the 10th step they begin on page 84 in the big book and I wish I had heard these like on day one but I probably wouldn't have believed them anyway and I'll just read them briefly 
and we have ceased fighting anything or anyone, even food. It says alcohol here. For by this time sanity will have returned, we will seldom be interested in liquor. If tempted, we recoil from it as from a hot flame. We react sanely and normally, and we will find that this has happened automatically. We will see that our new attitude toward liquor has been given us without any thought or effort on our part. It just comes. That is the miracle of it. We are not fighting it, neither are we avoiding temptation. We feel as though we had been placed in a position of neutrality, safe and protected. We have not even sworn off. Instead, the problem has been removed. It does not exist. And to me, these are extreme miracles. I, you know, when I got, before I got into the door of OA that in August, I couldn't stop eating. It was always calling to me. Um, it was just a mess. And now it's not, it's really amazing. Um, and that's this promise. Um, even behaviors like I can't, stand uh, while I'm eating or sit, I mean, eating out of containers. And if for any reason I start to do one of those behaviors, I just sort of stop myself. Um, and I can go anywhere where there's food. Um, it's just a, a miracle. So all the other promises um, are really great, but the one that's got me, I'm done, all right, I'm done. So my time's up? Yes. Thank you very much. Uh, um, enjoy the rest of the day. Thank you, Caroline. Uh, Laura, can I just check how long you need to wrap up? I think we might have time for just one or two more shares. We end at 10.30. Uh, it's probably gonna take a minute to end. Okay, so we have time for some more shares. Um, there's no hands up, so I'm gonna take the opportunity to share. Uh, thank you. My name's Anne. I'm a compulsive overeater from the UK. Hi, everybody. Um, I've been in program just over three years. My three year abstinence birthday will be on the 5th of November. I'd like to really thank all the speakers. It's been wonderful and also to have been giving service here. And uh, the promises of recovery, I think, are just incredible. The shares have been amazing. It's wonderful to hear that this program really does work if you work it. It really does. Um, I had a shock not so long ago over, during the whole period of COVID um, in the book where it says the fear of financial insecurity shall leave us. Well, I was quite still naive and maybe a bit arrogant. I thought that it had left me until... In April, I was scammed of my life savings. And then shortly afterwards, I lost my job. And uh, I didn't know financial insecurity until that happened, you know, but I'm here smiling today because I have a program and I have a God who loves me and I love beyond measure. And I'm smiling because God did for me what I could never do for myself. I was making money, my God, and I didn't even know it. Um, this program is incredible. I have no fear about the future. I live in today and I have everything I need just for today. So thank you for listening to me. And thank you for everybody who is in this meeting, who has shared at this meeting and giving service in this meeting, because I wouldn't be here without any single one of you. Thank you. Do any of the other hosts or co-hosts like to share? 
before we close? It looks like we have we have oops, Natalie C, do you want to pop your hand back up? There's time for you to share, Natalie. I'm not sure where. Yes, here she comes. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks. I'm so sorry. Um, it's just um, it's good to wake up to be able to see people be in contact. I think um, I didn't realize how I'm trying to solve it by myself. And it's so good to relate to the people to hear issues that uh, just I wouldn't have believed it. It would be like they were seeing the inside silver silver lining. Um, so thank you for being there. <laughs> well, and you. good to, to everybody in the conference. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. So before we close, we have three minutes. Would uh, Mike, Yvette or Robin like to share? Uh, we have Anne raised her hand. Would you like to share, Anne? Yes. Yes. I, can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, uh, listen, thank you so much for our speakers, for my fellow White Plains Sunday morning uh, peeps that I see. I just am so grateful. Um, I've had my absence since April 30th, and I am so grateful. Carolyn shared that, yes, food is not my problem anymore uh, for today. And um, I, I just had to claim my speak, and uh, I haven't been on to a convention before um for actually 45 years but uh, i just want i'm just so grateful for everyone thank you and have a beautiful day thank I'll you Anne. it's it's 10 28 so if you want to share with someone please grab them after this because there's a uh, i believe there's a 10 minute in between okay uh, we'd like to thank everyone who attended the workshop, especially our speakers. And thank you, especially to those who helped us get this together. Anne, Yvette, Mike, Robin, Crystal, Marcy, myself. Thank you everyone for being part of this. And especially all of you that were here in pictures, my hugs to all of you. <laughs> um, Okay, uh, we'd like to now close with the serenity prayer. And thank you, everyone. God, grant me the serenity, serenity. To, accept to accept the things, things I cannot, cannot change. change, the courage, courage to change, courage to change things, things I can, things I can. and the and wisdom, wisdom to, to know, know the difference. difference. I will, I will not mind, mind be done. Be done. Amen.